This is Packers Now. Kyle Rogers looking. Throws left side of the end zone. Yes! Touchdown! Place for all your Packers news. Lost it over the left side into the end zone. Intercepted! Adrian Get the latest updates on the green and gold. Snap to Aaron Rodgers. Sets, fires, right side. Got Jordan Kelly at the 30. Touchdown! It's always Packers season at Packers Now. Right here, right now. I'm your host, Ben Kurkowski, and the value I saw in this draft continued to reveal itself on day two of the NFL draft last night. And, it's, and to me, as a Packers fan, as an evaluator, it's very sad to be sitting in the background to watch this go down when you have so many opinions, so many guys that excite you in this draft class. And let's start with the two new prospects the Packers drafted. The first of which is wide receiver Christian Watson. Most Packers fans are super excited when the Packers traded both of their second round picks to go up and draft Christian Watson out of NDSU early on in the second round last night. This was a guy who you all know I talked about constantly for weeks in my podcast. Honestly, it would be mock draft 1.0, then he would be in mock draft 2.0, and he kept being there. He kept being talked about because he had what the Packers were looking for more than anybody else, and he was the most athletic receiver in this draft class easily. Okay. Six foot four, 208. His speed score, burst, catch radius were all in the 95th percentile or higher. This guy was in the 98th percentile when it comes to speed score. When it comes to spork score, okay, which takes all athleticism and size into account, he was the most athletic receiver in the draft and the 19th most athletic receiver since 2000. So over the last 22 NFL drafts. If you like specific numbers, he ran a 4-3-6 40-yard dash, 38.5-inch vertical, 136-inch broad jump. He was the FCS player of the year, even though he dealt with a hamstring injury last season that hindered him. He was still good. He had 89.5 receiving grade. And then finally, fully healthy at the Senior Bowl, he looked uncoverable at times there, which is huge coming from an FCS program. Now, those are the positives, obviously. But some of the things that are concerning about Watson is that in college, he struggled with drops. He had a 13.8% career drop rate, which isn't great. Um, but I don't, drops aren't that important. I, you know, you want to have good ball skills, obviously, but players like Devontae Adams had really bad ball skills for a while. That was obviously addressed, obviously fixed. Um, and the more important part about the receiver position is not, hey, does he drop the football? It's, hey, can he get open? Because there's no point of throwing him the football if he's not open. So uh, not really a game changer by any means, but he does struggle to catch the ball in traffic. He just he had just a 30% catch rate in traffic, meaning his hands, uh, his physicality, his hands, he just they just aren't there when guys are all over him, which is going to happen a lot more in the NFL than it did in college, especially at North Dakota State. Uh, finally, while Watson is extremely athletic, Right now, his route running is eh. He, he runs routes, but he just isn't special at doing so. And in college, he won those routes entirely based off athleticism, never because he was setting guys up as a route runner. So I hate to be pessimistic, but early on in his career, at the worst, I think at the worst, so this is, he's going to be MVS, okay? He's going to have the speed, the ability to win deep down the field, get behind corners, and that's very important to our offense. We have spoken on that a ton, but he's not just that. 
though. He has a little bit more than that. He has the explosiveness to be kind of a jet sweep yak guy as well. So get him the ball quick and let him work. So he will be more than MVS almost ever was from day one. Now, though, the question is, can he develop as a wide receiver, as a route runner? And those are things that take insane, intense drive. And we are crossing our fingers. He he has those and that the Packers staff can develop him into the guy he has the potential to be. One of the main problems, though, about this pick is that the Packers had to trade up to get Christian Watson after seeing a lot of receivers fall off the board, obviously. But they traded pick 30, uh, picks 53 and pick 59 for pick 34. Okay. And this was, it really wasn't a good trade by the Packers at all. And when you look at the value of those two picks for one pick, okay, they overspent big time. The difference being about 22 points, which is significant. You want your total points for these selections to be almost even. But the, this was a very uh, <laughs> uh, big trade for the Vikings, scaled uh, for them. And the Packers got desperate desperate and overspent. Not only that, but it was a reach, okay? On the consensus draft board, Watson was the 49th overall player. We drafted him at, him at 34, so about 15 picks higher. And the funniest thing about all this, the Packers could have done the trade with the Vikings yesterday, by giving up pick 59 and gotten Jameson Williams instead of Christian Watson. Okay. Nobody on the planet thinks that Christian Watson is better than Jameson, Jameson Williams. If it was a true deep threat, the Packers wanted, this is how they should have gotten that because, um, Jameson Williams, not only is a deep threat, but he's already a great receiver as well. On top of that, uh, Christian Watson right now is he's just a deep threat. Okay. He's just a yak guy. Jameson Williams is that, and obviously, obviously, obviously much more. He's a great route runner. He's incredible, incredibly fast. He's probably more physical than Christian Watson is, even though he's 30 pounds lighter, okay? Um, uh, and the thing is, you maybe you might say, well, Jameson Williams, he's hurt. He's, he's not going to be recovered by then. Y- yeah, he's hurt, but you don't need... Jameson Williams to be out here on day one of training camp or day one of the NFL season, the Packers are going to make the playoffs no matter what. They have a very weak NFC North. The Bears are a joke. The Lions are actually a lot better now. I think they've had an incredible draft. Um, I think they've had a good offseason. But they're still not there yet. And the Vikings, I I think, are just trading back and then not doing anything good with their picks at all, really. Um, so I don't I don't think... Even if the Packers won 10 games, they probably could still win the division. Okay, they're going to get to the playoffs. They just need him to be healthy for the playoffs. And Jamison Williams went on an interview and said, hey, if I had not had that knee injury, I would have broke the 40-yard dash record. And I I think I believe it. He's not just – he's he's super fast. I'm Watching him on tape, he's incredibly fast. Um, and so I – and this is basically the same trade – as it would have been to trade up for uh, Jameson Williams. Okay, the Packers would have given up pick 59 and pick 22 to get Jameson Williams, but instead they give up pick 53 and 59 to get Christian Watson. And I don't know if you understand, but do you see the difference there? Do you see how similar that trade really is, but you're getting a potential guy rather than like the guy, okay? And so that's that's what really bothers me. But even without Jameson Williams in the picture, though, let's say, uh, was it really a good idea to trade up for Christian Watson? He, yes, he's the 19th most athletic receiver in the last 22 drafts. That's super important. But the Packers also could have simply signed wide receiver Will Fuller to a contract, okay? Will Fuller 
he's still unsigned. He's one of the beast, best deep threats in the NFL still. Signed for $10 million last year, but missed the whole season. So I can't imagine he's going to get more. And now he hasn't even signed till after the draft, and that's not a good sign. That really hurts your market. And you have to expect he gets less in 2022 because of that. And we know Brian Kudikins loves Will Fuller. He's tried to trade for him multiple times, and it never worked out. Um, and then the Packers could have stayed pick stayed at pick 53 and still selected wide receiver Sky Moore. Okay. And then you would have had a two, you would have had Sky Moore on your roster instead of Christian Watson, but you would have had the deep threat in Will Fuller on your roster too. It would have been Will Fuller, Sammy Watkins, Sky Moore, Randall Cobb, uh, Al Nazard. Okay. That's a much different receiving core. Okay. And so, but the the main thing here though is and at pick 59 then because you didn't have to trade up for christian watson you could have drafted edge rusher drake jackson or off the tackle bernard ryman okay i would feel a lot differently had the packers done that the main point though if we're gonna if i was redoing the nfl draft and i've told you all weekend what that would have looked like okay from the from the get-go just think had the packers traded up for wide receiver Jamison Williams yesterday and traded back with the Chiefs, the Packers right now would have a tier one receiver, Jameson Williams, tier one edge rusher, and George Karloftis. We talked about that yesterday. And at pick 53, they could have drafted wide receiver Sky Moore, truly the fifth best receiver in this class. Okay. And so then you're talking about two wide receivers in your top in the first two rounds, which is exactly what the Packers need, not just for this year, though, guys, but for next year. Next year, there are zero receivers except Ramari Rodgers on the roster. Okay, that's the only guy. And you're right now. You right now you only have Christian Watson and Amari Rodgers. And Christian Watson is a project. Okay, I like him, but he is a project, and that's scary. And you would have had edge rusher George Karloftis. Okay, so and then last night, if I were to redo the NFL draft, at pick ninety two. I would trade it up. I would trade it up, pick 92, pick 140, trade all the way to pick 75 with the Houston Texans because here, two amazing players were on the board. Offensive tackle Bernard Ryman, who is one of my favorite offensive tackles in this draft, but reports are he did have a medical red flag on his knee, which us as the public, we don't get to know that information. I don't know that. So when someone tells me, yo, you were thinking about drafting him in the first round, oh my gosh, you're an idiot. Not really because I didn't know there was a medical red flag. I can't know that information. NFL teams only get to know that, okay? Um, and But in the third round, that's a different story, getting him in the third round, even with the medical red flag, okay? Also, I don't know if you remember this, but uh, Smith, the guard uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs last year who ended up going the sixth round, also had a medical red flag. And he was the 11th best guard in the NFL last season uh, because of that medical red flag. But like... He's worth taking a chance on, and I talked about that a lot last season as well. And so, could have traded up, gotten Bernard Ryman, one of my favorite offensive tackles in the draft. Um, but maybe the medical red flag is too big of an issue. You, that's not worth it. You could have still gotten interior defensive lineman Travis Jones there, the number forty overall player on the consensus draft board, a guy who I think will be just as impactful as Devontae Wyatt could be this season, a run stuffer, but also has the athleticism to be a plus pass rusher as well. We saw that at the Senior Bowl. So those are two guys you could have gotten there. And then at pick 94, uh, the Packers should have, if they didn't have Quay Walker, okay, because this isn't my redo in the NFL draft, they could have gotten linebacker Leo Chanel. Incredible value here. Obviously, I'm from Frederick and Wisconsin. Most of my 
listeners are from Wisconsin, so they know Leo Chanel. They know the that I grew up a couple miles away from him. But it's not because he's someone I know. It's because he's inc- just an incredible player. He had a 94.1 run defense grade. The only player at the linebacker position to ever have a higher run defense grade in college was Micah Parsons, and he was the defensive player of the year last year. Chanel doesn't have the arm length that the Packers probably coveted in Quay Walker, but still is a very good player, a very sure tackler that in which is one of the things that made Walker stand out. But Chanel could also do that almost at the same level. And even more importantly, Chanel as a blitzing linebacker was elite in college. And I think could be elite at that at the NFL level as well is that is definitely not Devondre Campbell's strong suit. So yeah, there's just a lot. There's a different way I would have handled this draft. It's just entirely differently. But what did the Packers actually do with their pick at 92 then? Um, they actually drafted Sean Ryan offensive tackle out of US, UCLA. And he's he is very athletic for sure. He's the only 320-plus pound offensive lineman to have a better, the only 320-plus pound offensive lineman to have a better vertical and broad jump Okay, was Tristan Wurst. And Tristan Wurst, obviously, out of Iowa, one of the best picks of the draft two years ago, which led to the Tampa Bay Bucks becoming a Super Bowl caliber team. Um, Ryan, um, and he was right there with Tristan Wirfs when it comes to his explosiveness. Okay. Ryan got better every single year in college. He's coming out as a true G- junior at only 21 and a half years old. He projects to move inside as a guard. Okay. Um, as a 320 pound guard, because he does have short arms, which makes it difficult to play off at this tackle. I think the Packers, um, will really like him training on the right side. I think he's going to be training as both a guard and a tackle like they did with Royce Newman last year. And I think they're going to just let those two guys compete and see what happens. Um, this is a solid choice by the Packers for sure. I do think though, a better pick, a better guy available to me still though, is Zach Tom on a wake forest who also played left tackle in college. Also will probably play on the interior at the NFL level because of shortish arms, but was astronomically more athletic, especially with his agility, which is way more important than burst and played at a higher level in college, but at an older age. So I think that kind of balances itself out there. But I think Tom is a player the Packers probably could have drafted here in the fourth round. And so it would have been better value overall to me. And then you still could have gotten a guy like Leo Chanel at the end of round three. And so now, what should the Packers do with the rest of this draft to do today? In my redo of the draft, the Packers right now would have wide receivers Jameson Williams, Sky Moore, off the tackle Bernard Ryman, edge rusher George Karloftis, and linebacker Leo Chanel. Really only leaving interior offensive line, interior defensive line, safety, and tight end as a positions to address on day three, in which there are still s- several prospects to choose from. But at this point, the Packers don't have those guys. They have wide receiver Christian Watson, interior offensive lineman Sean Ryan, and then on defense, interior defensive lineman Devontae Wyatt, linebacker Quay Walker, leaving us with positions of need at receiver, tight end, offensive line, edge, and safety. So by position groups, these are my favorite prospects left. Um, at quarterback, um, it seems like the Packers aren't moving on from Jordan Love, but it's interesting to see that Sam Howell, Carson Strong, and Bailey Zappley are all still on the board here. So I think had the Packers... Last offseason, really thought through, hey, what are we doing here? Um, is Aaron Rodgers in our future? What's the plan? They had traded Jordan Love when he was high, okay, uh, when the QB market was on literally on fire like the housing market is right now. You could have traded Jordan Love probably for another first-round pick or at least a second-round pick, an early second-round pick 
to a QB needy team when the market was so high. And now you could get one of these guys to develop for just a day three pick. That probably won't happen because we have Jordan Love still on the roster. At running back, my favorite guys left are Damian Pierce, Pierre Strong, Jr. In reality, the Packers don't need either of these two guys. There's too many other positions to fill. And we have both A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones on the roster, not just for 2022, but 2023. At receiver... Some two interesting guys are left. Kelvin Austin, the shiftiest receiver in this draft, could be special in the NFL. I think with the potential to really become, I'm going to say it, the next Cooper Cup. And then Kevin Austin Jr. out of Notre Dame has the athleticism to be special as well. Not just straight line fast, but explosive and insane three cone at his size and weight makes him very intriguing as well. But we already got the athlete that had didn't produce in college at a, well, he produced in college, but at FCS level in Christian Watson. And so here's another athlete similar to him, Kevin Austin Jr. You know, obviously uh, Christian Watson is a better athlete, but so it's hard. I don't know. It's, it's not ideal to have just Christian Watson on your roster right now. And then at tight end, my favorite tight end value is still on the board. Actually, Charlie Kolar out of Iowa state, insane athlete, six foot seven, 252 pounds, 96% arm length. This guy could be, could become a touchdown machine for the Packers offensive line. This is truly where I think the list gets long. There are still a lot of my favorite prospects still on the board here. Zach Tom, the more athletic version of Sean Ryan, Kellen Deese, who I compared to the next David Bakhtiari possibly. Okay, Chris Paul, Cordell Volson, Donovan West, Jason Poe. And then on to the defensive side of the football. Interior defense lineman, Perion Winfrey. Winfrey, we talked about, was one of my favorite value additions on the interior defense line at the back end of round two. And yet he's still on the board here. Winfrey could have been a great 3-4 defensive end in our defense to pair up with Kenny Clark, TJ Slayton, and newly added Jerron Reed. To me, this would be perfect. And if he's available at pick 121, you could have snagged him up. The Packers probably won't now that they have Devontae Wyatt, but this is again why at pick 28, pick 29, in my redo of the mock draft, had we picked um, done the trade back with the Chiefs to get to pick 29 and trade up for Jameson Williams, that's why you... Grab George Carl Loftus there because hey, we got Perry on Winfrey all the way back here, and that's incredible, incredible value. Ed rushers, uh, Kingsley Nagri, Amari Barno, two of my favorite options still on the board. Um, cornerbacks, uh, Tariq Woolen, Zion McCollin are still on the board, and safeties, Tyson Anderson and Percy Butler. The Packers have some options here. I wish they had more picks because obviously, as you can tell, there are a lot of guys I really like in this draft, but you can't get them all. And I hope the Packers can take advantage of finding the guys who are falling down the boards and snagging them up as we have seen so many guys falling down boards. And they probably are for good reason. Medical red flags or character issues that we in the public will never know about. They These are things they learn from the former coaches, teammates, the interview process, the medical checks, the combine. And we just don't get to know these things. So I'm not going to be perfect all the time. There's going to be guys who are like, oh, well, had I known that, da 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 da, da I wouldn't have put them there. But I don't. And I think it's important to differentiate what I would have done rather than what the Packers will do because we want to point out some of my favorite prospects left here on day three, like interior defense lineman Perion Winfrey. We could have gotten instead of Devontae Wyatt on day three. We also could have gotten linebacker Leo Chanel at the end of round three instead of linebacker Quay Walker, uh, which we used our very first pick in the NFL draft on. We could have gotten a more athletic version of Sean Ryan with Zach Tom on day three as well. And with the trades, we could have gotten wide receiver Jameson Williams instead of Christian Watson. I just replaced all four of our current draft picks with guys I would rather have, and it would have opened up so many more options at pick 29, pick 53, like we talked about, and more options here on day three. So 
it's not that the guys I mentioned are better players. They're not necessarily. Value-wise, though, they are better players because and that it would have opened up two other selections for the Packers, which I would have grabbed edge rusher George Karloftis and wide receiver Sky Moore. So that's why this is frustrating. That's why it's hard. The NFL draft is not really a soothing weekend for me. It's not like, oh, here's the NFL draft. Here it comes. It's it's always a letdown. It's almost always a letdown because of that. There are plenty of op- great options here on day three, though. Hopefully the Packers can leave with another few important players. You know, if they could get Amari Barno, edge rusher, Zach Tom, and Jira Offensive Lyman, safety Tyson Anderson, tight end Charlie Kolar, wide receiver Kelvin Austin, that would be spectacular. But we will see how the draft falls today. So that's all I have today, folks. Make sure to stay tuned for more episodes of Packers Now. We will recap the draft tomorrow for probably Monday. Um, And if you haven't already, though, make sure to subscribe. Give me a review so I can hear what you guys think about the podcast and tell your friends about Packers Now so that they can get all the latest updates on the green and gold because it's always Packers season at Packers Now. Thanks, guys.